This week, we return to the subject of Bitcoin as money, or at least as a key part of a money processing business. My guest is a payments entrepreneur. His company, MoneySwipe, uses Bitcoin SV to facilitate cross-border payments. I'm looking forward to hearing how it works from Kumaraguru Ramanujan. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Kamara Guru, thank you very much for doing CoinGeek Conversations today. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for having me. Well, perhaps I could start off by asking you about MoneySwipe, which is your startup business. Give me a brief outline of, of what it is and what it will offer. Sure. Uh, MoneySwipe basically is a remittance application. Uh, what we are trying to do is we are trying to help individuals send money back home uh, very cost-efficiently. Basically, this is an app to bring the cost of transfer down from 7%, which is right now, to say close to about 1.5% using Bitcoin SV as the power behind that. And uh, where will will the the company be based? Uh, It's registered in UK. Um, We want to target the UK-India remittance corridor first. Right. Then eventually move out to other uh, corridors. Let's talk about the technology side of it first. Sure. How uh, easy or difficult is it going to be? Because uh, as I understand it, the user is not going to be having to buy BSV or anything like that. They, they don't have to. Um, the technology will be built around what the regulators want us of now. Right. Uh, see, International money transfer was the problem of international money transfer was solved when Bitcoin was invented, right? In theory, anyway. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what ideally we would have to do is just build a wrapper around Satoshi's Bitcoin, giving them on-ramps and off-ramps. Yes. Uh, but that's not possible in today's landscape, so we will have to work with the regulator. And that's not possible for legal reasons. And um, because the settlement happens in the Bitcoin token and any country who receives a lot of remittance, uh, they're going to have a lot of uh, foreign power they miss out on in terms of USD or foreign reserves, which they might not want to lose out on. Um, So say if someone is sending money into India, it uh, gets their foreign reserves up if they get more USD. Um, So they might not want to settle on BSV if they're losing out on that uh, hard power. Let's just take it from the user's perspective yes. with your app. Yes. If I want to send some money to India, what exactly would I be doing with the app? So you would get on our app. You would uh, give us uh, British pounds. Then uh, we uh, would... How uh, would I get the pounds onto the uh, app? So we'll have to use the normal payment aggregator there, your uh, local uh, payment aggregator. That is um, uh, one of your aggregators. I don't know the <laughs> aggregators right. in the UK right now. But I... Bank transfer. Yes. So they pay by our credit card or debit card or they do a direct bank transfer. Yes. Then we receive the money. Then we would ideally credit it to the uh, payee given to us, of course, by the user. Mm. Um, at the back end system, what we could do is we could just use a stable coin, um, create a clo- close loose, a closed loop system uh, wherein uh, we balance our accounts between the two entities, that is UK and India. Uh, that's one way of doing it. Mm. There are a couple of other ways of doing it, depending upon how uh, we engage with the regulators. But if you use a stable coin, is that instead of Bitcoin SV? On top of Bitcoin SV. On top SV. of Bitcoin yeah. SV. Uh, let me explain that a little further. Yeah. So using blockchain, we have uh, 
efficiency gains to be made both on the front end and back end. Um, so if you are actually doing the transfer of value, all you need to do is transfer Bitcoin from point A to point B and the transfer of value happens, then we just exchange the currency on both end. Quickly. Uh, quickly. So that's that's problem solved. Yes. But um, regulators might not want that. So what we do is uh, we kind of uh, become a SaaS player, so to say. Uh, we build the messaging system on Bitcoin SV. We build the compliance system on Bitcoin SV. And we believe there is efficiency gains uh, to be had just by using BSV as a data ledger. Um, and for both for a closed loop system or if you want to integrate the regulator as part of the system, we could do that as well. But, but how does the stablecoin come into it then? It's uh, what we could do is we can use stablecoin as a bridge asset. So you agree, it's a ledger system, right? But, so if, but if I buy BSV or if you buy BSV with my £100 yeah. and then immediately at the other end it gets sold for uh, a different currency, what's, what else do you need than that? Uh, say you're in England, you want to send money to India. So what happens is I have an entity in UK and I have an entity in India. So the entity in UK receives uh, your British pounds. The entity in India deposits Indian rupee uh, to the receiver's account. And it's a balance of account yes. between point A and point B. And we use uh, the stablecoin system to keep the accounts um, in terms of, okay, if we had today $1,000 sent from the Britain to India, and India we had about thousand uh, pounds sent to UK. So the accounts are balanced. Uh, we could do that, or if when the account is imbalanced, we go to the um, a rupee drawing account to settle. And is the stable coin to do with the volatility of BSV? Yes, it's got to do with volatility of BSV, and it's also got to do with uh, going to an exchange and with the liquidity as well. Because right now there's no not much liquidity available both on UK side and on Indian side. Right. So, so if somebody somebody comes along with a million pounds, yep. you would suddenly have to acquire a million pounds worth of BSV, and that might not be straightforward. Yep. Yep. Whereas with a stable coin, you could do that. Yes. That's I right. see. Yeah. Yeah. With a stable coin, what happens is you can integrate it with a third party as well. So, so point A and point B. Both money swipe is point A and point B is also money swipe. If I want to add a third partner, so we agree that this is a stable coin, so by which I can bring in a third partner um, if need be. Right. Uh, but if we are directly exchanging BSV, then there's this volatility factor which comes into play. Yeah. So yeah. too much complexity there. Right. So the financial side of it is quite complicated. Yes, it is. But then what about the also you have to deal with the... Uh, the regulatory side. Yes. And how does that, how do you approach that? So we, we are going to design the system ba based on what the regulator wants. So, so how do, do you sort of have a meeting with the Indian well, regulator? Yes. And yes. So what, what, what's happening right now is there is a regulatory sandbox, which uh, the Reserve Bank of India has opened up. They want to see use cases of how blockchain can uh, bring efficiency to uh, uh, remittance industry. Mm. Uh, this cohort was open in 2018 and it was uh, shut within a year. Then now they have reopened it up. Oh, right. Uh, during the first cohort, they selected two companies. Um, one was using Hyperledger and another blockchain. Now they've reopened it up and they're going to keep it open for a while. Uh, they are wanting companies uh, uh, to show them the efficiency gains using blockchain. 
And so this is a great opportunity for you. Yes, though. exactly. So what we want to do is uh, we want to be part of this cohort. We want to build the product out and show to them um, what efficiency gains. And then that if can they like happen. what they see and if the, if the experiment goes well. We get a license. But, but what I was thinking is, does that mean you get a license, but somebody in competition with you doesn't get a license? Or does it just mean people doing something like MoneySwipe are doing, that's okay, anyone can do that now? Right now, how the uh, uh, regulatory sandbox is built is you get a six-month uh, time period of, of not getting caught into any... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So once that period is done, then you get the proper license and you comply with all the licenses, uh, all the rules and regulations. It's So you get first mover advantage anyway. Exactly. Yeah. They're inviting companies and they're giving them this first mover advantage so that companies can innovate. That, and that's the incentive for people to invest in these experiments. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they, want, they want a working product. They already want you to have a partnership with uh, banks uh, right. when you ideally enter into the cohort. But how can you have a working product if it's not allowed yet? Th that's why they want, want you to be part of the cohort to test it out. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so how stiff will the competition be to be accepted on this sandbox experiment? There's been two companies which is already part of the, which has already won the competition, so yeah. to say. For, from the earlier time. The earlier. Uh, right but, now, but I wouldn't know how many people are there, but uh, um, BSV, as we know, scales and yeah. it solves a lot. Of, I don't see any other company using BSV and being part of this uh, sandbox as of now. So that's where we see our first move. So really, you are just sort of waiting to find out how many competitors there will be for, to get this. No, I'm not waiting to find out how many competitors. I'm waiting to find out how much of an efficiency gain that we can show. I see. That's, right. that's, the competition is how much we can give back, right? Yeah. Uh, so if we have literally a lot more efficiency to gain than Hyperledger, which I believe we have with BSV, then we've already won the competition. And does the government, is it the government wanting this to, to uh, allow people to receive remittances very efficiently? Or, or does that cut down the amount of tax they're going to be able to get from this kind of business? Um, so let's say like a country like India receives 84 billion US dollars a year for remittance. And imagine each one of them are paying 7% as transaction fee to get uh, that money here. And then there'll be a tax on that transaction fee. No, no. remittance are not taxed. Oh, okay. Um, so if they can bring the efficiency from 7% to 3%, that's a gain to the Indian government in terms of people receive more money back home. It's a gain to the Indian people, really. And the government. Uh, well, because... If, because if, of the foreign reserves uh, improve. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. It's a win-win. And it's a stated goal of the uh, United Nations... Uh, sustainability goal, right? To bring remittance uh, down from 7% to 3% by 2030. But if, if pounds or dollars are being sent to India through money swipe, but the bridge is a stable coin, yes. does that really mean that it is adding to the in India's foreign exchange reserves? Yes. yes. It does? Yes. How? Uh, because we are still drawing rupees. So we will let the back end settle on... Uh, whatever uh, currencies agreed upon, right? So we will still settle with the bank. So that's where I said, depending upon, we, we are not using BSV as a direct transfer of value yes. because of what it's, yes. we, we can't do that right now because of the jurisdiction. Right. So we are using BSV blockchain as a messaging system 
just uh, to transport it. Exactly. Uh, uh, to settle our uh, accounts. And then I'm, I can't. I still haven't quite got my head around this. How does the <laughs> How does the bank in India yep. get my hundred pounds? If because basically we, you've already spent it in buying the stable coin. We, we are not we are not using the pound to buy the stable coin. The stable coin is part of a closed loop system where we agree between point party A and point B. The stable coin is created there and sent to us. So there's no buying of stable coin there. It's just our ledger system. Oh, okay. Uh, of, so yeah. So that hundred pound that you give us will actually go to the bank um, with uh, our uh, a system of how we settle with the banks um, using our own uh, formulas right. in terms of uh, foreign exchange. Well, okay, so that's great. It sounds like the, sort of the best of best of both worlds, really. Yes, we ideally want to use BSV as the transfer of value, but um, we say that it's going to take some time for the uh, regulators to understand um, the peer-to-peer -peer aspect. And um, you think uh, that'll be quite a hard sell to. It's not about the quite the hard sell. It's about uh, being there and doing it now. We, uh, our belief is just using BSV as a data ledger. There's efficiency gains to be made. Yes. So we first show the regulator that BSV is better than Hyperledger. Uh, then we show them, okay, yeah, transfer of value can also happen. That's going to take some time. Mm. That's going to take some time. Well, for money swipe to be generally useful around the world. Yep. You're going to have these complicated battles in every single every, country. Every single, yeah. or, is it, or is it indeed with every combination of countries? With combination of countries with um, different uh, sectors, yes. uh, corridors, we call it in the remittance industry. Yes, right. Say maybe the UK and Australian corridor are fine with the actual transfer of value happening on Bitcoin. Mm. Then it's easy peasy there. <laughs> when it comes to India or, or even countries like GCC, they might actually want uh, settlement in their native currencies. So it will have to be designed as per the regulators. So does that mean that MoneySwipe is a potentially very profitable business, but that one is one that's going to require quite a big investment in terms of people and time to complete all these complex negotiations between many different parties all around the world? Uh, we don't have these middlemen. Um, so th that's that's what we are trying to uh, remove from the remittance industry, right? No, but what I mean is, in order to to have it accepted by different governments that money swipe is allowed to operate between this country and this country, you're going to have to talk to all these different regulators, yes, and straighten it out that's in right. order to open for business. That's right, and that's going to require a lot of people time amongst by you or your colleagues, presumably. Sure. So what? So we are looking at it from this point of view. India is now open. They have the regulatory sandbox. We build the product, show to show to the RBI, get the license, we operate in India. Mm -hmm. Then, so say South Africa has a regulatory sandbox. We tell them we are already part of this sandbox. We yes. can replicate that there. We want to work with the regulator who is open right now, with their policies right now, rather than us telling them this is how things have to be done. Um, so we are looking at uh, countries who are open right now um, with sandboxes. Right. So and, and, and the more experience you can show, then the easier it'll become. Presumably. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering whether the app will also be useful for transferring money between people within a country, because that's a huge 
business, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so for a country like India, we have a native app called uh, UPI, uh, which uh, has a free transfer of money. Um, so the domestic uh, payment uh, is seamless already. Oh, right. Um, we we still believe BSV can make a difference there as well with micropayments. But right now we are focused only on cross-border payments. And with this particular ver vertical of a remittance, um, solving this first. Um, then eventually we would want to become a global payment uh, solution. Right. Right now our focus is on individuals from UK wanting to send money to India, how we can bring the cost down for them with better currency conversion rates. Right. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the world of Bitcoin SV about and other uh, cryptocurrencies, perhaps, although we don't call Bitcoin SV a cryptocurrency, um, about banking the unbanked. Perhaps that doesn't really apply to what you're doing because banks are involved and the people, the people need a bank account to be on the receiving end. Is that right? That's right. Um, so we call it the last mile delivery. Um, with the stablecoin system that I talked about, we can recruit agents as, as a person who is part of our stablecoin system. When they get our stablecoin, they recognize that as actual money and they give the money and they come and give us the stablecoin and we settle with them. There's a last mile system we can enable with a closed loop system using stablecoins. That's why I said when I said uh, party A and party B accepts a stablecoin, we can bring in third party agents uh, so that we can bridge the last mile gap right. of people who are uh, being part of our system. So say, say like we call it the Kirana stores, the corner shops. If they are part of the system, as soon as they receive the stable coin, they know it's good for money. So they hand over the direct cash uh, to the person next to them and they settle. They, they give us the stable coin and they give them uh, back the money they've given. So it does enable people who haven't got a bank account to exactly be in, in, become part of the system. That's right. That's why we need the stable coin as a closed loop system. They'll be part of a closed loop system to enable the last mile delivery. If I want to send money to somebody in India who hasn't got a bank account, what's the security mechanism that would make sure that the person in the supermarket or the corner store who's got the money is giving it to the right person? What would that person have to show to prove that it was for them? Now we will follow what's already a rule right now. Western Union is doing this. We're not going to change, oh. change, come up with new rules. Yes. If they have to give their national identity card to prove the identity, right. we will do that. We are not uh, inventing new systems. Mm. We are just uh, building on top of existing yeah. rules and regulations. Well, India's a good place for that then because of the very organized sure, volume of uh, transaction. Well, also because of, because of the identity card system I was thinking of. Exactly. And we can do UPI payments. UPI is very similar to our pay mail system that we have uh, uh, within blockchain. It's like an email system. So maybe we can integrate pay mail and uh, UPI. So the last mile delivery happens via bank transfer, mobile transfer to the UPI account. I mean, if, if all this goes well, how quickly will you be able to build the business, do you think? The business can be built right now. So that the point is about getting the regulatory approval. Um, so we can build the business right now. Mm. Um, it's to how we get into the sandbox um, is the question. Once you get into that sandbox, you can start we straight and running. We can, we well, you have running. to design the app and everything. But. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the app, app is, 
as I said, we're going to build wrappers around Satoshi's Bitcoin. So that's that's the easy bit. Right. Well, it sounds amazing and I wish you every luck with it. It sounds like a fantastic project. And thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, thank you, Shots. Thanks. Thanks very much to Kumaraguru Ramanujan. Next week, I'll be finding out how a BSV platform could help fight fake news on social media with Errol Hula of Noble. Please join me and Errol next week. But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.